0: Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hey there, hockey fans. I am Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is, once again, brought to you by the lovely folks over at BuiltBar. Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. And as always, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. Um, on Facebook at Locked on Hurricanes Podcast. And you can find myself on Twitter and Locker Room at Ellis underscore 96 in today's episode, I sit down with Justin Bradford of Locked On Nashville Predators, and we uh, preview uh, this series against the or between, excuse me, um, the Predators and the Hurricanes, as well as look back on the season series as a whole. I uh, explain why Nashville, you know, has the fourth best barbecue in the playoff tournament. Um, you know, all the good stuff to expect from a crossover and it is playoff day so enjoy the playoffs today folks and enjoy this crossover
0: hello everyone justin bradford of locked on predators and we are doing a special edition crossover because hey it's the playoffs and what a better time to do a crossover than the playoffs Join me, jared ellis of locked on hurricanes jared it's an exciting
1: time right now playoff hockey man Oh yes, extremely exciting been looking forward to it. It seems like it's long time coming, really. <laughs> um seems like forever and a day ago that the bubble ended. Yeah, for real. And
0: what's kind of cool too within the central division is all four teams are from the southeast, which is just pretty yeah. neat to see that in the NHL and and I guess I'll go and start off with just the way we're going to break this down, folks, is the first we'll focus kind of on getting to you know the Hurricanes and and then we'll get to know the Preds and kind of give our X factors and things like that and give our predictions. But the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that is obviously on the upswing. It's the beginning of their bell curve, which is really exciting for Hurricanes fans and for the team in general. And we started seeing that last year, and Rod Brennan Ward has this team clicking so well, and it's exciting time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. What has it been like for you watching this team and seeing how – them being a favorite how has it changed things for them to be a favorite and not an underdog in terms of things
1: it's really weird um (laughs) because yeah i've been lifelong hurricanes fan i mean you know going to games yeah back when um pnc arena was still called the raleigh entertainment and sports arena (laughs) like years and years ago i remember When they won the Stanley Cup back in 2006, being nine years old, running around the living room, going nuts. Um, I've been there through all the good times, bad times, um, and those were some rough, bad times um, for sure. And really, ever since uh, Tom Dundon took over as owner, Don Waddell took over as GM, and Rod Brynmore as head coach, this team has been – just on the upswing since day one of that um well not necessarily day one uh because yeah that first half of that first season of rod as head coach wasn't necessarily the best (laughs) but then they turned things around um going from second to last in the league to making it to the eastern conference final um but ever since yeah just whatever it was clicked it's been an extremely good time to be a hurricanes fan
0: I can only imagine. I mean, Predators fans can relate just in terms of what happened a few years ago and seeing the Predators in the upswing and a lot of attention of in Carolina now, but they're a fun team to watch You're exciting to watch, a lot of good young talent. Let's look at the talent of this team, too, in terms of the youth. A lot of good youth, uh, Sebastian Aho, Andres Veshnikov, uh, Vincent Trocek being up there. If there's one player, if you had to choose one of those players that you enjoy watching the most – What one player do you think makes you want to tune in when you're seeing them on the ice?
1: Oh, man. Honestly. (laughs) Loaded questions. (laughs) A lot of them. (laughs) There's a lot of them because, I mean, that whole top line is great to watch. Um, Trochek's up there as well. Alistair Delkovich, he's been extremely exciting to watch this year, really coming into his own. Uh, But honestly, I think – Man, one of my favorite players to watch for the Hurricanes, especially since he came back from in- injury, is honestly Tavo Teravainen. Um, just because, uh, just his elite playmaking ability—he just makes everyone around him that much better. He just sees things that other people won't and creates amazing shots, and he's fantastic. It's phenomenal to watch him play. I like that because it's, it's the unexpected answer.
0: That's, that's great. Uh, another yes. guy to, to watch out for, especially too. So one of the things that we talked about in Lock and Predators, myself and Matt is maybe not, a, not the a forward that's made a difference and made a huge difference to put this team where they're at, but on the blue line with Dougie Hamilton and how much of a difference maker he's been with this team. What have you seen in terms of the blue line and how integral of a part Dougie Hamilton is for this team? oh
1: he's an extremely integral part of this team um you know because you really saw it uh last year whenever he went down in columbus when he broke his leg and just the team kind of dipped a little bit um and they didn't have that same strength and just crushing defensive presence that they have um and you know, this year you know, has been a little bit different from him. He isn't putting up the goals that he was last year. Um, he did start to, you know, put him in, you know, towards the end of the season, but on um, the other side, he had his hands all over every goal. And he, especially with tavo being out for so long, you know, other people had to step up and Dougie was really one of those guys uh, just creating plays um, for people. And then just his crushing defensive presence. He plays everyone really, really tight. And, you know, you pair him with Jacob Slavin, who's one of the most underrated defensemen mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough for you guys, that's for sure. No,
0: no doubt about that. And so we've heard some of the players on, on both the front end and the back end looking at this team overall. And obviously these teams are familiar with each other. Fans are familiar with what they've seen throughout the season. And obviously the, the Hurricanes racked up a lot of wins of the Predators uh, this season. In terms of style of play, how would you categorize Carolina's style of play and what makes them so dangerous? What is that one thing in terms of how Rod Brennamore set this team up that you think
1: makes them dangerous that they can make a very deep run? Um, it's I literally saw this earlier today, and I think it's uh, honestly the best way to describe it. It's that 2006 championship uh, motto, whatever it takes they're going to do whatever it takes. Um, I think that's the best way to describe it, whether it's um, throwing pucks in the back of the net and you know, having a super high-scoring game, they'll do it. If they're going to have a goaltending battle, they're going to do it. If it's going to be a game where you're dropping the gloves every five minutes, they're going to do it, just whatever it takes. I know some people might not like this, but obviously I'm a Patriots fan, and yeah, you know, that thing, <laughs> do your job. Yeah that motto as well you know whatever it takes do your job next man up that's what it is with the hurricanes you know it's not you know one person isn't you know on this super high pedestal you know like a Crosby or an Ovechkin they're not Mm -hmm. on this pedestal everyone's on the same level you know no one is better than anyone else we're all going to go out there we have the same goal and we're going to do our job and do whatever it takes
0: and final question before we, before we switch gears here, too. It's been curious because in terms of fan attendance, uh, obviously the Predators uh, announced that they were going to have just over 12,000. And then we saw a push from Carolina to want to get there, too, because obviously, especially in these markets, too, the amount of energy in a building, teams feed off of that. Uh, and granted, I've been of the mindset that you know even opposing teams feed off of a home team energy. It's just that energy in the building, period. Yeah, the home team might get a little extra oomph, but teams feed off energy too they want an atmosphere as well and that was that's what was missing obviously in the bubble how much of a difference do you think it's going to make uh for both of these teams to be able to be I mean fairly close to capacity for the first time well over a year and be able to have raucous atmospheres because I mean we've seen how Carolina can be too uh in playoff games and when, when that barn is full on how much that team can feed off the home team energy, the home fan energy so what what kind of things are you expecting out of these these fans
1: Oh, I'm expecting them to blow the roof off the place. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm expecting in in both places, in Nashville and in Raleigh, um, really expecting the fans to be out of their minds um, for this. Um, And on the hurricane side of things, it's been well, well documented um, by the players, fans, people that cover the team that The fans in Raleigh, you know, really give the team the extra oomph. You know, they said um, in interviews, um, the Hurricanes did that in the bubble. That was really something that they were missing is just that fan atmosphere. Then starting with the season and then uh, the first game uh, where we're able to have fans back here. um, They said that that energy just, you know, they – I forgot how to speak there for a second. Uh, but uh, yeah, just that energy that the fans brought in just cranked the team up to another level. So with it up in capacity again, um, I'm expecting the players to do just that, just up the intensity again.
0: I can only imagine what's it's going to be like. Okay, well, up next we're going to switch gears here on this Lockdown Predators and Lockdown Hurricanes crossover. Uh, he's Jared Ellis. I'm Justin Bradford. We'll be right back. Credit
1: Karma has always been there to help you make you feel better about financial decisions. And now they want to help even more with a Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma has a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use a Credit Karma money debit card, you can win Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card. If you win, you'll be notified on the spot with your Instant Karma cash and that will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma money, the progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for a free and Start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules, banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC, maximum balance, and transfer limits apply. Yeah, and we are back. Um, And now I'm going to be interviewing you a little bit about The Predators. Um, now one thing, you know, it was frustrating that final game of the season, um, where the hurricanes, they had clinched up division. They're just kind of, we're going to have a healthy roster. Um, but in that game, we did see guys like Matt Duchesne and, uh, Ryan Johansson, uh, starting to heat up, um, where they kind of hadn't been the players they were expected to be, um, for the most part of the season. Do you see that momentum carrying into this series for those guys? So that's that's been a big thing here. You you mentioned the two eight million dollar centers for the National
0: <laughs> Predators in, in Johansson and Duchesne, and especially Duchesne. He's been the one that has been a, a disappointment for a lot of folks just because of his underperformance. I mean, 13 points in 34 games is nothing to write home about, and he knows it. Uh, he had a, a pretty long injury as well. Uh, there was a big confidence boost for him to get those goals in that last game but then again it's one game and yeah it's against the opponent they're going to play in the playoffs but it's not like it's it's consistency and that's what you want to see out of those guys that are making that much money if they were each making five million dollars you wouldn't be batting as much of an eye on it. it's like okay five million dollars yeah overpaid but eight million that's a huge difference maker in terms of the salary cap because 16 million on two guys that are very much underperforming the regular season uh the thing about johansson at least is he tends to be able to flip a switch and turn it on in the playoffs and that's why they brought him in he's done that before in the in the stanley Cup final run for the Predators he even had a really good playoffs last year in terms of the play-in round against Arizona uh Johansson is one of those guys that that I'll continue to say that needs to flip that switch because he can be a difference maker for this team uh, because of his big body size his his reach his ability to control the puck but Matt Duchesne with his creativity his speed he can also make a difference whether they play him on the wing or at center those are two guys that absolutely have to step up in the playoffs also with Matt Duchesne he hasn't been on many playoff teams uh, throughout his career. He's been <laughs> traded before being in the playoffs, or, I mean, in Columbus two years ago, he actually had a really good showing. He was with some top talent, and he had a great show in the playoffs, and that's who the Predators brought in was after that. So the kind of the hope and maybe the prayer is that it's the playoff time. He'll step it up, and he's one of those guys that I would not be surprised if he had a really good playoffs and put up some points, not that I'm expecting it, but I wouldn't be surprised if for some reason he's able to flip that switch. And however many games he plays in the playoffs, whether it's four games or beyond that, that he could be one of the leading point getters for this Predators team because the talents there, the finish just hasn't been.
1: Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, just think about how many games he's going to play in the playoffs. The Predators, um, do have some guys that are, <laughs> Nearing the ends of their careers, they've been around for a while, um, but kind of the biggest one right now is Pekka Rene. He obviously you know, got a shutout in the final regular season game. Um, how many games do you realistically seeing him play in this playoff? Uh, zero. Obviously, Saros is going to get the start. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't see Rene
0: playing any games unless there's an injury that happens or, for instance, uh, Saros is getting blown up in a game. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it would have to be by a lot. It'd have to be maybe like three quick goals and the Predators are down three nothing uh, or something like that for, for to get in. Starless is the starter. He's been playing like a guy that should be at least talked about to be a, a candidate, for the Vezina, not a winner. He has not done enough for that, but at least talked about because he's one of the top goalies and the stats that he's put up there. Saros is the starter. Yeah, Rene had a good game against Carolina. It was great for him to go out on that note, mm-hmm. but it, there were so many storylines around that game, which was, it potentially was his last game. A lot of the youth playing in front of him because the Predators and the Hurricanes both scratched a lot of guys, but the Predators scratched a lot of guys and the coach even went in and said, Look, our game one roster is not set yet. You guys have an opportunity to make an impression. Go out and get it done. And again, Carolina was resting a few of their top guys too. A so lot. <laughs> good, good story overall for Rainy to get that, and he played really well. I mean, it's not like it was easy for him. Carolina challenged him plenty of times in that game, but he he stood up, and and uh, the Predators' defense stood up as well for him. But it was one game. Mm-hmm. Charles is the starter, and he's going to get all the starts unless there is some other factor that comes into play. But the, in the schedule of things, especially when it's just every other day. He's going to have his day breaks. He's going to have rest. Carlos is the starter unless something goes on.
1: Yeah. Um, I know it can definitely be a little difficult, you know, sometimes, you know, seeing that aging veteran that you've had for so, so long. Yeah. You know, it's time. Yeah. You know, move him on out. This is that way with Cam Ward, you know, years yes. and years ago. Um, but, you know, something that, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, it's not necessarily, well, it's about the series, but, you know, something as a whole, you know, because I've had talks with this with my friends about this of the way the divisions have been lined up this year. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think, you know, the regional aspect is really cool. Um, Obviously, you know, we got, you know, the hurricanes and Nashville, you know, right beside each other, state-wise, you know, in the same division, you have the old Southeast division rivalries between the hurricanes, the Panthers and lightning kind of getting reignited as well. Um, Moving forward, say next year, for whatever reason, the, uh, NHL were to keep these divisions. Obviously, you know we don't play each other you know eight times a year. You know not that again because <laughs> that would get fresh. We play you know other teams, but you know the divisions stay the same. How would you feel about that? Because I think this would be really cool. Um, geographically wise, you know rivalry between the Hurricanes and the Predators being right beside each other, and y'all having the fourth best barbecue in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean it would
0: it would be a lot of fun to to have those rivalries set up, and that was the fun thing with Atlanta when they existed was having yeah. a rival so close I mean for both Raleigh and Nashville to just have that triangle right there for those three teams and then Atlanta ownership just didn't give a flip. Uh, so, so they left. Yeah. But that's what's fun is these geographical rivalries. and I mean, even in preseason and during rookie camps and rookie tournaments, typically it's the Predators along with the Hurricanes, the Panthers, Lightning, and sometimes the Capitals all being involved and the Predators being the only Western team involved. Yeah, I would, I would love it. I'd love a Southeast division like that too to where these teams could see each other more and develop more of those regional rivalries between fans. And shoot, I don't know what it's like on the Carolina end, but – there typically are a lot of predators fans enjoy watching the Carolina Hurricanes. It's just fun because it's another Southern team. It's a fun team that has had the underdog type of thing they've had to deal with, where they have to deal with hate from from the from Canadian fans Mm -hmm. and things like that too all the time yeah it's that kind of that that you're you're a brother type of thing a brother in arms uh type Mm -hmm. of thing too that that's why they've seen it plus the whole bunch of jerks thing a lot of people caught on to that here in nashville too because they understood like they know what it's like to have that that hate come down and just kind of battle Mm -hmm. through it uh so i would like to see that rivalry continue to grow and it'd be neat because i mean next year the way they have it is arizona's joining the central because seattle's coming in arizona (laughs) Mm that's a long way from nashville and they're going to be in the same division Uh, So if there was a way that, that I know they do a lot of things for time zones, but I think people would get over it and be fine with it to have Nashville and Carolina and the two Florida teams and shoot. It'd be even Washington, the Washington in there would be kind of neat too, to have those teams in a division. It would be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun. I'd be really excited about that too, because you'd have plenty of fans being able to make those easy trips and flights typically are very affordable between these two cities too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'd be very fun to have that cross state rivalry and shoot
1: some people i know drove you know to nashville
0: there are plenty um, of canes fans
1: here <laughs> yeah especially you know like when they live like on the border you know yeah i've seen plenty of that um now in the next segment we'll just you know recount the season series of highs and lows you know we obviously talked a little bit about the final game but we'll talk about the season series as a whole right after this now, I have told you folks about the greatest tasting protein bar on the market for quite some time now, but if you're new here, that is of course Built Bar. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? As you guys know, um, my favorite flavor is of course Peanut Butter Brownie. I was really behind them in their Built Madness per- tournament back in March. Sadly, they didn't win, but still the goat. Flavor And regardless, if you like peanut butter or brownie or not, there is something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors so you can try everything out. And all bars are covered in 100% chocolate and are soft and easy to chew. And all bars are also low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. They're also great for keto diet, so they're a great health-conscious individual. And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your first order when you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And with the Stanley Cup playoffs now in full swing, there should still be a little bit of time before to place your bets on who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup. And there's only one place that we trust to do our sports betting, and that is, of course, betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB. NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. And get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the Hurricanes obviously won the season series against the Predators six to two, I believe it was. And the Hurricanes pretty much kind of had their way with the Predators all season long up until those last two games. Um, And, you know, I kind of know why the Predators won those last two games. It was the first one was they were vying for their playoff spot um, and they're playing like a team with everything on the line. Hurricanes already clinched everything up, so they had nothing left to lose. Um, And then in that final game, again, everything was clinched up. Didn't really matter. Um, and it was, I would say a little bit frustrating, you know, in those last two games, because the effort didn't seem there from the hurricanes. It was very much like like that episode of SpongeBob (laughs) where he works at the chum bucket for plankton. You just rolled there. Like, nah, I don't really feel like it. That's kind of how those uh, last few games for the hurricanes felt. Um, but you know, the season series as a whole, it was cool to see the hurricanes go out and dominate, uh, the way they did and, Yeah, as we talked about, just be a favorite, you know, be on the upswing for once. Uh, But I've obviously talked about it plenty on the hurricane side of things, you know, from the Predators side, you know, the team that got dominated for most of the season. What were some of your thoughts on that season series? I
0: mean, I think you hit
1: hit it right on the head with
0: why those last two games went the way they did. I really do think that because the Predators had something to play for. They didn't want to wait for Dallas to lose another game. They were basically saying, look, if we do this now, then at least we can get Renee another game in too. There are all those little storylines uh, in place too. And that's why I think a lot of that happened. Uh, so it was curious to see how fans were looking forward to those last two games since Carolina, because when they lost that game to Columbus, everyone's butts clenched here. I was like, wait, Carolina. And if Dallas keeps winning, the Predators have to go out and beat Carolina at least once when they haven't done it all season. And even historically, <laughs> the Carolinas kind of seem to have Nashville's just number. Uh, and especially mm-hmm. Peter Morazic. Before Monday's game, Peter Morazic was, I think it was 11-1 and against Nashville in his career between Detroit and Carolina that's pretty Ooh. phenomenal in terms of stats. So like everything was stacked up against Nashville and uh, in going into this and especially now going into the playoffs, just looking at the matchups too. And, and I understand why some folks are feeling the underdog syndrome in Nashville. And I mean, I'm probably going to catch some hate uh, for, for all this stuff too, but we've got to look at everything in the big picture and look at the way these two teams actually match up and the way they match up right now is Carolina is by far and large, the better team in almost every single category. When we look at this, whether it's just regular points or advanced stats, the way they play their special teams, five on five, Carolina's just that good. There's a reason why they're the number one seed. There's a reason why they're playing for the president's trophy till the end, basically. And yeah, Nashville's hot and a hot goalie can do so many things. A team going in hot can do so many things, but eventually, I believe it was one of my friends on Twitter. Cameron Gumpy said uh, the playoffs is where Cinderella stories go to die. And <laughs> that yeah. is, that is true. And it's nothing against the predators. It was a big success for them to, to go from where they were to make the playoffs, to go from like, second to last in the league in yeah. March to make the playoffs. That's a, that's a minor success right there to at least do that, but it's going up against a behemoth and people want to compare it to 2017. Like Chicago is very different from Carolina. Chicago at the end of their dynasty. Carolina is at the very beginning of their upswing. It's two very different situations for both teams in general going in. And so the question I want to ask you then, in looking at those last two games, were Carolina fans really wanting this team to push for a president's trophy Were they kind of good with just, Hey, let's rest and take the number one seed in the division. And we'll go from there. What was the feel
1: in the team? It was a little bit of both. Um, I saw some people being like, you know, if we win, we win. You know, it's cool. Um, that was kind of Rod Brennan Moore's statement as well. But you know, if it falls in our lap, it falls in our lap. Right. But at the end of the day, yeah, you know, as he said, the president's trophy is worthless. Um, you know, that's not what you play for. And yeah, it did upset some fans, you know, that they kind of phoned it in. You know, it upset me a little bit that they phoned it in as much as they did. Um, I would have liked to seen a little bit more fight from them, but at the end of the day, I want a healthy roster, you know, right. going into the playoffs. Um and if we had won it, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, that'd be another cool banner to hang up in the rafters. Um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I could I was one that I could care less. Um, I was one of those people. It would have been cool, but at the end of the day, we right. won another Stanley Cup banner.
0: Right. And especially with this way the season's been with injuries a healthy roster going to the playoffs is extremely important <laughs> with yes. how the season's been. I mean, the Predators have obviously dealt with their fair share of injuries too. So in terms of looking at these teams, even keeled, then, what are some of the injuries that the Carolina hurricanes have had to, 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 to deal with? Cause every team's had their fair share, but what have, what have the hurricanes had to deal with? Um,
1: I obviously the biggest one for the hurricanes was Peter Mrazic going out fairly early in the season when his thumb went the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the biggest one. And then that, you know, kind of opened the door up for Alex and to be, you know, probably one of the finalists for the Calder trophy. Um, cause he has had an insane season stat wise, you know, he's mm-hmm. better than the Vesna favorites like Basilevsky, Fleury, you know, these guys, um, you know, that opened the door for him. Then you also have, uh, Tevo Teravainen who was out with COVID and concussion issues. Um, and then, you know, him coming back and the magic, you know, he's created on offense. Um, yeah. That was really cool. Um, those are the two big ones. Um, Vincent Trocek going out for a little while that sucked as well. Cause he's, you know, had Ned not stepped up the way he did, he would have been the team MVP this year um, for sure. Um, but yeah, I would say Ned, you know, obviously team MVP this year, but yeah, those are kind of the three biggest ones. Um, Brock, no, one other one brock McGinn going out oh yeah yeah that one really hurt because you know he is one he is going to stay on the ice you know at all as long as he can um rod brendamore said when he went out he knew it was bad because mm. he doesn't go out of the game uh, rod brendamore called brock McGinn the toughest player he's seen since he was playing Whew. And i'm saying a lot <laughs> yeah like, we know how tough Rod was as a player back in the day. Exactly. Um, and he said he's the toughest player he's seen. But, yeah, those are some big ones um, this year for the Hurricanes. Wow. Yeah, that's that's um, a lot coming from Rod Brendamore to say that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> should be should already be in the Hall of Fame as a player, but, you know, they want to continue. Some, he probably just made somebody mad because <laughs> he doesn't have a filter. No, he, no, honestly, he I think. I Think that's kind of like how, like, Kiss and Motley Crue with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, like, yeah, like, Kiss is obviously him, but they made somebody mad. Motley Crue probably got too close with somebody's wife or sister <laughs> or something, and then that's why they're not getting in. Oh, Rod, what uh, did you do? Yeah, he probably just made somebody mad. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Uh, uh as far as Injuries for the Predators. Um, who were, who were some big injuries for the Predators this year? Oh boy. Okay. So, Philip Forsberg was out for a considerable amount of time. Ellie Tolvanen
0: was out for a considerable amount of time. Matt Duchesne was out for a while. Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis were out for weeks. Um, gosh, Yusuf Saros was out for a few weeks as well to begin their big road trip, which included a one of the I believe is an overtime loss to Carolina. And that actually was. Or the road trip, they got the Predators on the wagon because they were gone for two full weeks and they went four, three, and one on that with Pecorine at the helm for a lot of that, too. So, th- in terms of the Predators, no player played in all 56 games. Every single player they dealt with a scratch or an injury or something of the sort. Uh, the most was Colton Sissons with 54 games played of the 56. He was until the final couple games, he was on. Track to play and be the only Iron Man on the team, but then he had a slight upper body injury. Whether they're resting him or not, who knows? Uh, but those are some of the guys. Pretty much the entire roster has dealt with injuries, and that's why I think for a lot of folks too is like, hey, they made the playoffs. Consider this a, a minor success because with the injuries they dealt with, they still were able to put it together with a lot of youth. The Predators at some times were dressing seven rookies this mm. season. Uh, And for them to still be that competitive in dressing seven rookies, that says a lot, hopefully, about their future. But it also says, too, that it's the young guys that got them to this point. It's the youth that drove them to the playoffs, which is what a lot of fans and what I wanted to see coming into the season was a youth movement instead of just old, wily vets. Like, hey, you got knocked out by the Coyotes in the play-in round. Time to make some changes, please. And they didn't. And injuries happened. And injuries chose violence. And the youth <laughs> movement came in and did his job. So yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. So I guess to, to wrap it up here too, Um one X factor player, and maybe it's not one of those top players. I know you already spoke to uh, Tara Vinen and I mentioned Ryan Johansson. So who would be your X factor player for the Carolina
1: hurricanes? That could be the difference maker here. Oh man, there's definitely a few. Of it's them, a tough one, especially for you guys. <laughs> Cause there's obviously the big name guys, of course. um then we have, you know, Jordan Stahl as well. You know, he's had a really uh, good year. He should be in Selkie conversations. Uh but honestly I think what I'm gonna go with, you know, for the X Factor is Alex Nedeljkovic. Okay. I yeah. think he's gonna be a, a big X factor because you know I mentioned you know, how insane of a season he has had um to come in as a rookie and just put up the numbers he has. It's been insane. And I think you know, it's going to be, um, you know, just on the seasons, you get a hot young goaltender going in the playoffs. You know, you look at a guy like Jordan Bennington, um, the run he went on there. Um, you look at, you know, a guy whose numbers is probably going to be up in the rafters at PNC to, uh, sooner rather than later in Cam Ward. Um, the runs they went on, you know, early in their careers. I think Ned, you know, He could do the same thing. Yeah, he is a very cool, calm, and collective. You know, he doesn't let a lot get to him. He just goes out there and does his thing. Um, yeah, I think you know, he's not gonna let the spotlight get to him. And And then we obviously got Peter and James right behind him, too.
0: Yeah, I mean you guys are uh, Carolina has some good depth. That's the that's the important thing, too. That if for some reason Ned isn't able to pull it off there's two other guys waiting in the wings that could
1: absolutely come in and pull it off that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah um on your side of things you mentioned johansson uh being one guy uh what's another one that you think could be a big x factor for the predators
0: yeah, johansson was definitely my number one pick and and but I'll, I'll add another one in there. But Johansson, especially because he is a playoff-type player, looking at his playoff stats. I mean, in 2016-17, that was the run. He had 13 points in 14 games for his injury. Uh, the year after that, which was the President's Trophy year, they only made the two rounds, but still he had 14 points in 13 games. A little rough, 18-19, but then five points in the four games against the Coyotes. He could be a difference maker uh, for the Nashville Predators. But going aside from the stars, so not including Yusasaros, not including like a Roman Yossi type of player, I'm going to go with a Mikhail Granlund. And the reason I'm going to go with him is because he has proven that he can be a player for this team. He had a little bit of a rough patch when he got traded here from the Minnesota Wild, but he's played pretty well this season and he's proven that he can make guys around him better. And that's what's important for him because he's fast. He's willing to back check. He's strong in the forecheck. Uh, he can be very creative as well. I mean, 27 points in 51 games isn't blowing anybody away. But in a lot of these ways, he made guys like Ellie and better, a good young future star for the National Predators. He made him better. And looking at a guys that aside from the top line, which – Granlin played part of the top line with all the injuries happening. He can be an absolute difference maker as well, just with his creativity and and the way that he can play in terms of zone entries. He's willing to go to the net as well. And for a guy that isn't necessarily the biggest dude, 5'10", 185 is what he's listed as. He's willing to go to the net and create some havoc and try to screen. Uh, It takes a lot in the NHL to have a guy that is not a beast go to the net and be willing to take that type of beating and he's willing to go there whether it's on the power play or in five and five he's willing to go to some of those quote-unquote dirty areas so mcgrandland's going
1: to be mine that's wild you you mentioned his size he's got like 10 15 pounds on me but otherwise we're right. the same size that, that's right. crazy yeah <laughs> just um, a little I'm extra like, muscle like, from him that's like 10 185 <laughs> like, shit you know he's got my size <laughs> oh man right <laughs> Uh but yeah it's it's, great. it's going to be a very good series. I expect a very physical series. Absolutely. Um, sure. I expect these teams to maybe not to the extent of what the Panthers and Lightning have been doing tonight. <laughs> right. Maybe not to that extent, Uh, but I am expecting a very physical and hard fought series. Kind of those last two games is kind of what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. Excuse me from this series. What about you? What are you expecting? Here?
0: Yeah, th- that's exactly the same thing. We've seen it, and especially with the, with almost every team, it seems like because they played so much during the, the regular season. But these two teams finished the regular season against each other. Same thing with Tampa and Florida. They finished against each other. And so you still have that bad blood just ruminating uh, right there. And I know Nashville, one of the things they're probably going to try to do is get under Carolina's skin. That's going to have to be part of their game. If they stand any chance, they're going to have to try to disrupt Carolina's game. Uh, because obviously they're not as good of a team as Carolina. So what do you do? You have to disrupt them. You have to disrupt them to throw them off and take advantage of any little mistake. That's what Nashville's going to have to do to win, is have strong goaltending and try to disrupt Carolina's game, because Carolina's that good with their speed, their zone entries, the way they're able to creatively pass the puck, and their superstar forwards as well. Uh, so that's going to be one of the ways that Nashville could at least get under the skin and try to steal some victories here. But for me, I'll go ahead and give my prediction here. Uh, it's, it's curious, because... Zero of the ESPN folks picked seven games. I've seen very rarely seven games coming out of this. And I mean, I'm going mostly with what everybody's thinking too, but mine is Carolina in six. I think Nashville wins their two home games, three and four, and then Carolina takes care of business similar to how it's happened in so many different ways that you have emotions and you're running on adrenaline and that, uh, that you're back at home. The Nashville make it an even series, but then Carolina flips that switch and they're able to take care of it in games five and six. That's, that's my call. It could be five games. It could be seven games. I don't think it's one of those things. that will be a sweep. I think the Nashville's playing good enough to not be there, but I do think they at least get one or two wins.
1: Yeah. I, I do not think it will be a sweep as well. I, I completely agree there um actually me and uh laura from the canadian show we're on a locker room last night we're just going through uh playoff predictions and we both felt the same way like it's not going to be a sweep nashville's momentum is going to carry in uh to this series and they're definitely gonna pick up a game or two i believe i said carolina in five I, i believe is what i said but i could definitely see six games as well for sure Um, definitely that home crowd there in Nashville for sure.
0: Yeah. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. It's going to be interesting to see and Hey, anything can happen in sports. That's what we all know. Anything can happen in sports. Teams can go on runs. Teams can get shut down. Sweeps can happen. No one expected Nashville to sweep uh, Chicago. Carolina could pull that same thing off as well. Uh, We never know, but that's why that's
1: why they play the game. That's why it's exciting. I know. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I saw the uh, Hurricanes play Nashville early in, earlier in the regular season, where Yanni Hockenpah got his oh, yeah. first uh, goal as a Hurricane, and then he threw one of your players into the bench with a massive hit. I don't I, remember. I do remember that. that. I forgot who it was, but I remember that. <laughs> oh, that was, that was fantastic. The entire crowd just went nuts for that. Um, and then when he got the first start of the game, we could not hear. Uh, the first part of his uh, first start interview because the crowd was chanting his name so wow. so loud. Wow.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's especially with the crowds being there. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see whether it's on TV or in person. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch because it's that little bit of a sense of normalcy coming back in sports to where these two barns, which tend will be rocking, uh, the mm. teams are going to feed off of that. So, man, Jared, thanks for for joining me
1: for this crossover. Appreciate it, and hopefully the, the fans on both sides enjoyed it. Yes. um, Thanks for having me. Um, I'm kind of disappointed you don't have a playoff mullet like I do right now uh kind of disappointed in you but i mean that's why you have the fourth best barbecue in this uh playoff tournament. oh you're gonna keep throwing that you're gonna keep yeah because i mean you got eastern north carolina yeah my home barbecue yeah at the top oh you're top splitting the state two. up you're splitting the state top. up okay well i mean we got two types of barbecue i, I, know, you got I know western
0: hey, we got nashville we have memphis memphis is the ruler here it's not about nashville it's about memphis in this state yeah and memphis and then, i mean st. louis state is still
1: better than y'all anyway
0: okay come on not st louis <laughs> Don't throw St. Louis there. I'll give you Carolina, but not St. Louis. They, they poo-poo on barbecue. Kansas City, that's different, but St. Louis, no. Uh, you're lucky. <laughs> uh, Dallas didn't make it. I don't know how that happened because Dallas has some kick-ass barbecue. Oh, they do have some good barbecue. A brisket? Who, and, okay, this is what I'll say about barbecue, too. What I appreciate is pretty much every single region at least has their thing, their forte is something different. Like, you can, like, brisket, you know, you're going to go to Texas. It's that, that's their thing. Nashville should never try brisket. Tennessee should not touch brisket. It is not a Tennessee thing. So I would not trust brisket and Carolina just with it's different types of sauces. And I love that in Carolina style is I, I love all barbecue, man. I just love oh, it So, so I just, I'm glad that every area has different styles and different meats to tend to focus on. So it's not, they're all the same. That's yep. what I appreciate. That's yep. what I appreciate. Old pork here. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so
1: much and and good luck to you and enjoy, man. This is going to be fun. Yes. Enjoy the series. Um, Where can everyone find you on the socials? Uh, That's at LO
0: underscore predators. And I'm at Justin B. Bradford on Twitter. And Jared, for you?
1: It is at LO underscore hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram. Locked on hurricanes podcast on Facebook. And then at Jared Ellis underscore 96 on Twitter and locker room awesome so for my
0: predators folks make sure you follow him for that inside look on the hurricanes and we'll make sure we're doing the, the same thing and 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 enjoying this man i i'm i'm losing my words now <laughs> uh,
1: but i'll at least give some goodwill maybe on the predator side i think the mustard cat jersey is underrated oh 100 agree 100 agree <laughs> but uh yeah that does it for this cross thank you for having me justin thank you